This is The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Good morning, it's John Moore. This is The Breakfast Wrap for this Monday, February 13th. The weather forecast for today, mixed skies and a high of 7 degrees. Here are the five things you need to know. Number one, Mayor John Tory stepping down from office after admitting he had a relationship with a former staffer. City still trying to come to grips with that. Number two, NORAD shooting down an unidentified object over the Yukon and Lake Huron. Number three, a pregnant Rihanna soars at the halftime show at the Super Bowl. Number four, the death toll in Turkey and Syria now topping 33,000. Number five, the Up Express train service to Toronto Pearson is suspended. Buses are being used in the interim. The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Oh, hello. Here we are, Monday, February 13th. Anything happened while I was away? I don't know. Wait, what is it? I go away and planes crash and mayors resign. But here we are on Monday, and I think most people are still trying to you know, come to terms and figure out what's going on in our town. I was following the whole development on Friday. I can't, you know, the the resignation was a complete surprise. Other details of the story, I'd been hearing rumblings for a while from various people at uh, City Hall and, and, you know, contacts that I have, but it sort of, it, it's a bombshell. It was a bombshell. And for it to happen on a Friday night at 8.30 for the mayor of Toronto, just elected by his best majority um, to a third term, walk out and say what he did and then announce that he was going to be resigning, which he has not done yet, incidentally, um, all of that was definitely a bombshell. And I think most of us have spent the weekend wondering what happens next. Um, I guess, Nick Marano, we can relive the moment. Um, John Tory Friday night at City Hall announcing that he was walking away from the one job that I think was always kind of perfect for him and had become his pathway to, uh, you know, a legacy and a biography. And now... What ha- what happens for John Tory and what happens for the city of Toronto? Very different things. As a result, I've decided that I will step down as mayor so that I can take the time to reflect on my mistakes and to do the work of rebuilding the trust of my family. I'll be working with the city manager, the city clerk, and the deputy mayor, Jennifer McKelvey, to ensure an orderly transition in the coming days. So, like I said, they're, they're distinctly different stories here. Uh, one of them is, you know, John Tory, mayor of Toronto. The other is the John Tory who um, you know, perhaps, and we certainly know because he was one of our co-workers, because he has been a friend to all of us here, because he listens to the first hour of our morning show every day and quite frequently sends me a text to fix my wagon about one thing or another. And as I said to Jim Richards on Friday night, there was... Um, a certain edginess, I guess, to John Tory over the last couple of months, which I was attributing to the fact that, you know, I'm not entirely, uh, you know, I'm not 100% on board with everything that's going on at City Hall right now. I'm not 100% on board with everything that's going on in our city, as a matter of fact. I tend to agree with some of the columnists, including Marcus G. and uh, um, Ed Keenan, 
amongst others, who feel that there is a certain malaise in our town and there is a certain lawlessness. And we had another incident on the TTC last night. There is the, the homelessness uh, or homeless situation in our town. There is the fact that the budget remains unresolved. There are a lot of things that at the moment, you know, and it's not City Hall's problem, but the fact that I'm away and I turn around and all of a sudden the Up Express is condemning eight out of 10 trains. What the heck is that about? There, there are things that ain't working in this town. And I am a huge Toronto booster, as you know. Um, so I, I had thought, okay, maybe that's why John Tory seems to be, there, there seems to be some friction. But I spent a lot of time yesterday talking with the reporters who broke the story, talking with city councillors, talking with the deputy mayor, who is going to be the interim mayor, um, talking with various individuals, some of whom will appear on the show today, about whether or not they plan to offer themselves as candidates for mayor. What happens next? Awful lot of questions. Um, but yeah, I, I now I know exactly what was going on, and it is that the reporters were circling something that John Tory obviously... Uh, was well aware of, and which represents, um, you know, a lot of the columns I've been reading over the last 24 hours, something you simply would not expect of, of John Tory. You know, uh, again, I said to Jim Richards on Friday night, he's always been such a Boy Scout. And so for there to be a scandal and a scandal that ends his career and that must absolutely seize his heart like a rock, um, every hour that goes by and moving forward into the future, it's a personal story. It's about him, his kids, his wife. It's about his legacy. It's about the lost opportunity of using a third mandate in order to get done the things that were poleaxed by COVID in the second mandate. But listen, there's there's some important things to reflect on here aside from whether or not, well, it is a personal tragedy, but aside from the personal aspects of the story, city's got to be run. So uh, Jennifer McKelvey, I spent a short time yesterday on the phone with Jennifer McKelvey. I will be curious and maybe one day this question will be answered. John Tory must have known at the time that he selected her as deputy mayor that there was a possibility that everything could come undone and she would become the mayor of Toronto. So why did he choose her? I'm not sure. Uh, she seems like a very um, experienced, interesting individual, somebody with a great deal of community experience. Uh, she's actually a geoscientist. I don't know how that's going to inform uh, her work as the interim mayor. Um, but what happens next is this. John Tory has not resigned yet. He is still the mayor. And in talking to various individuals yesterday, the thinking was this. The deputy mayor, and she said so to me when we talked on the phone, she does not get strong mayor powers, <laughs> which we, we talk about as if they're, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, Marvel uh, universe uh, thing. Uh, but she, because she is not elected by the entire city of Toronto, she will not be invested with the special executive powers. In which case, the thinking, and we'll find out more about this in real time on our show this morning. The thinking is John Tory sticks around until the Wednesday budget meeting and uses strong mayoral powers in order to enact his budget. How, because there is, as you probably know, this somewhat restive new 
caucus of progressive, mostly downtown councilors who would probably like to peel a few things away from that budget, including the spending increase on the police, if not on the extra security on the TTC. So John Tory sticks around, that happens, then he steps aside, he has to submit his resignation to the city clerk, who incidentally on the weekend had a child getting married, so that kind of interrupted a few things. Tomorrow is Hazel McCallion's funeral, also uh, making the next steps a little bit more uh, complicated. Uh, then John Tory resigns, Jennifer McKelvey ends up being the mayor, and then we have, and we'll talk to John Mascarin about this, um, but according to everything I've been reading, a 60-day period, and we got we to gotta have an election. And who's running and who isn't running is one hell of a dog's breakfast. We'll talk about that and everything. And I want to hear from you this morning, because frankly, I think you know, who cares in some respects what the pundits have to say? It's what the people of Toronto have to say that really matters. Okay, it's time for what Toronto's talking about with News Talk 1010's John Moore. John, great to have you back. A lot has happened uh, since you were away, especially on, <laughs> uh, on Friday. Uh, Mayor John Tory has stepped down from office after admitting he had a relationship with a former staffer. So I guess the big question is what's next and when does he actually stop being mayor? You're right. I was following all this from my vacation in California. Friday night, 8.30, the mayor of Toronto resigned or announced his intention to resign. As you mentioned, he has not yet done so. And we're in kind of a complicated affair here. Uh, apparently, the city clerk was not available for the filing of a resignation because one of their kids was getting married on the weekend. We have Hazel McCallion's funeral tomorrow. John Tory has said he will not speak. He was originally supposed to deliver one of the eulogies. However, we have a budget, Jennifer, on Wednesday. And and because the replacement mayor, the deputy mayor, will not have executive powers or the strong powers, as we call them, mm -hmm. uh, she would not be able to pass that budget if there is some resistance on council. So uh, I don't know if we can necessarily call it chaos, but a very unpredictable situation right now as John Tory probably is reporting to work again this morning, even though on Friday night he said he was going to leave. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very ironic, given that he said he was running for a third term to keep the stability, and now here we are. Uh, so let's talk about Deputy Mayor Jennifer McKelvey, who was appointed by Mayor Tory. What do we know about this Scarborough councillor poised to take over as acting mayor? Somewhat of a mystery, I think, to Torontonians. She's only a second-term city councillor. She was elected in Ward 25 Scarborough in 2018. She returned and was appointed Deputy Mayor by John Tory. I spent a little bit of time with her talking on the phone yesterday, she said, listen, you know, I really don't want to go on the record with anything until we know exactly what's happening. Uh, but the thinking is that she will take over later on this week, and then there's going to be uh, a new election for mayor of Toronto. And already, as you guys know, at CP24 through the weekend, various uh, front runners or considered front runners have announced either they are or are not running. Gil Penulosa says he's running. Joe Cressy says he's not. Uh, Shelley Carroll has told me she won't run either. Mm -hmm. And we'll be chatting with Brad Bradford this morning, unconfirmed whether or not he will run, but of course he's one of the city's councillors. Okay, turning to other news, uh, John, this is kind of a mystery because we've seen, you know, flying balloons and now a hectagon-shaped object, NORAD <laughs> shooting down this unidentified object over the Yukon. 
over the Yukon and then yesterday over Lake Huron. Another object was uh, shot down. I, it, there's something very Jules Verne about this whole thing of weather balloons and cylinders mm -hmm. in the air. And yet I guess we shouldn't laugh about it because there seems to be some sort of military intent in all of this. But I think the big question for many people is, has this sort of thing been going on a long time and we just didn't talk about it? Or is there something, well, I guess we could say strange in the air? Mm, yeah, this one we'll have to wait and see what's going on in the skies. Uh, turning to more disturbing news as it relates to the TTC, a woman slashed across the face with an edge weapon in an unprovoked attack at Spadina Station. This happening last night at Spadina, you're absolutely right. And just the latest, I mean, we had a woman who was fatally stabbed in a subway station. We've had people pushed onto the tracks. Uh, we've had various incidents happening. Um, and certainly, the, I think the big question here is, especially since we deployed new security personnel to the TTC, why has the TTC become such a magnet for random violence? And is it, in the long term, going to persuade an awful lot of people that maybe they just don't want to use the TTC? Yeah, that would be unfortunate, uh, even with that increased police and security presence. All right, let's finish with this, John. I don't know if you stayed up to watch it, given that we have such early schedules. Uh, but Super Bowl Sunday, the Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs clawed their way back against the Eagles to claim Super Bowl victory. They did. Uh, Chiefs beating the Eagles 38-35. to It's Patrick Mahomes' second Super Bowl victory, and there was a 27-yard field goal with just eight seconds left to go to lift the Chiefs over the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, but I think, and Bill's probably going to talk about this in greater mm -hmm. detail in just a moment, what people are really talking about this morning, aside from the game, is Rihanna's halftime show, which was just an absolute sensation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I heard, I heard Bill in the back background saying, yep, <laughs> it was quite, it was yeah. quite something. Okay. News Talk 1010's John Moore. Have a great show, John. We'll chat with you again tomorrow. Take care. That's our joint segment in the morning on CP24. And all through the weekend, I was in and out because that's where a lot of the active debate was taking place about what happens next for the city of Toronto and what happened with John Tory. Some interesting commentary that I'm going to lean into today because, you know me, I'm, I'm a big fan of some of our city's columnists. And there's always those who have kind of the pulse of the city. And unfortunately, yesterday, I think, was it was yeah yesterday because i was tweeting about it was the anniversary of the passing of christy blatchford and on an occasion like that you just think what would she have written what would she have written about john tory what would she write about the trees at um uh osgood hall what would she have said about the election and re-election of doug ford and sadly we don't have her incredible insight on those issues. But we do have Marcus G., Rosie DeMano. Rosie DeMano offering an interesting column saying that John Tory should not have resigned. And that's kind of the question, I guess, that we're putting to people this morning, certainly our pundits. And Scott Reed is going to be here at 620 in the morning brief. We have the roundtables at 745, 845. Um, but I also want to hear from you. And you can text us at any time at 7. 10, 10. But do you actually think John Tory needs to quit? I don't think it's reversible, but I know there are people who are actively campaigning him and saying, John, just, just soldier on. I mean, Bill Clinton did, right? Bill Clinton did very inappropriate things, but, and, and that's the sort of the codicil or the asterisk to his uh, career these days. 
Uh, but still, he soldiered on. He served two terms. You're listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. 538 is the time. Minus one degree. Hadn't noted the uh, temperature in the first half hour. I'm sure you'd like to know. It's uh, cold out there, but it's not going to stay cold. And as a matter of fact, one day this week, let's double check, Wednesday, it's going to be 11 degrees. This is going to be a pretty crazy week. Seven degrees today, eight degrees tomorrow, 11 degrees on Wednesday, four degrees on Thursday. And then out of the blue, all of a sudden, you got to break out the toques and the scarves again on Friday, uh, minus five degrees. Obviously, the story we are going to spend time on today is the resignation of John Tory and what happens next. And there are a lot of question marks about that. I mean, in the near term, the question mark is when does he actually step aside because his budget is, I guess, his legacy now. And the fact of the matter is, owing to various aspects of how the timing is working out, the budget can't come to council until Wednesday. We'll talk to several city councillors and find out what their willingness is to pass it. But there is this new caucus of sort of, um, well, of downtown progressives for the most part. And they've already been clearing their throats for the last few weeks in trying to assert themselves. And now, if John Tory steps aside and the new mayor takes over and she does not get the special powers, so she'll become the mayor, but she will not have the special powers owing to the way that that system works. Ergo, all of a sudden, the budget becomes vulnerable. But there are other things to talk about, including, is this brand new? Are, are, we, inside, are we in the balloon age? Um, what are they doing? Uh, because we have a balloon apparently shot down on Saturday, I think, over the Yukon. I love that Gurdip Pander, the guy who dances to Bangra music in the Yukon and actually did a grand tour this past summer, he put up a tweet saying, it's okay, nothing fell on my shack. Um, but then we had another one over Lake Huron and apparently one in South America as well. All of this in the wake of that crazy Chinese balloon that made its way, transited entirely across the continental United States before being shot down over the Atlantic. Christian Luprecht is a professor at the Royal Military College in Queen's University and joins us with some perspective on this. Christian, always a pleasure. Good morning. Good morning, John. Okay, I, I think the first question is, are we only just now aware of something that's been going on for a good long time, or is there something new in the air? Yeah, I think there's two things. One is that clearly now that we've opened the data filters, we're becoming aware of objects that previously we either didn't uh, identify, didn't detect, uh, and when we detected them, we weren't able to identify it. But it's also something more simple. I think that basically our adversaries are testing NORAD. They want to figure out how NORAD works, and you want to know, figure out why, how NORAD works, both because uh, you... Oh, have we lost Christian? Okay, let's see if we can uh, get him back into the feed because I'm particularly motivated by this discussion. Christian Luprecht is a professor at the Royal Military College. And uh, as he was just saying, a lot of this would seem to be that we're being tested or NORAD is being tested. But just how worried should we be? Have we got Christian back? No. Okay. All the vagaries of uh, modern technology where we've made it possible for somebody to seem to be in the same room with you, thanks to Zoom and various other platforms, all pressed by COVID. 
Uh, however, as we have also discovered, these protocols tend to uh, drop out of nowhere, and we uh, we lose the people. We hope there's not a balloon on the way to interrupt the signal. There's just something so antique about the whole thing. I mean, that's kind of what I wanted to get into with uh, Christian Luprecht. I mean, honestly, this is technology from like the 1800s, and yet here we are. Listen, um, while we're waiting to see if we can relocate Christian, I was making a list during the last break of various people who have been considered possible replacements for John Tory, either because they want it or because certain individuals. That, there are these undeclared sort of organizations, I guess you could say, who will back one candidate or another, usually in a mayoral election. The left will come up with a candidate like Olivia Chow, for example, and they'll back that person. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But John Tory was deemed to be so unstoppable in the last cycle that the only person who ran against him was Gil Penulosa. And I honestly think Gil Penulosa got a lot more oxygen than he would have under any other circumstances because of the 31 candidates running against John Tory. He seemed like the most conventional, you know, like somebody who might be a rival. But I mean, John Tory, I think, was elected with 68% of the popular vote. So it was kind of a juggernaut. However, Gil Penulosa has apparently signaled that, yes, he plans to run. Joe Cressy, city councilor, long to have been presumed as a likely successor to John Tory, said no. In a statement over the weekend, he said that his um, role as a father and a husband was so urgently important to him, and he stepped aside, he didn't run for his council seat this time, uh, that he has no intention of coming out of whatever I guess we could call a retirement um, in order to run. Shelly Carroll told me yesterday that she was not going to run, but she hopes to sort of be den mother, I guess, at uh, Toronto City Hall because I'd have to look at the total list of councillors because seven of them are brand new. But I'm pretty sure that Shelly Carroll kind of counts as the uh, dean of councillors. Then you get into Michael Thompson, who has said on this show he wants to run for mayor, but he's still awaiting criminal trial. So terrible timing for him. Brad Bradford has been forwarded by a few people. We talked on the phone yesterday. He'll be on the phone this morning with us or on Zoom, I guess, at uh, 6.05. Stan Cho is the associate transportation minister at Queen's Park, and apparently he's a bit of a darling in some circles. I've met him, and I'm very, very impressed with him, so I think he'd be a, a good candidate. Then you get into Olivia Chow, ran and lost. Mike Layton, uh, part of a dynasty. I don't know why some people are saying, what about Doug Ford? Why would Doug Ford, because this was people were talking about this on the weekend, why would Doug Ford, the twice-elected um, premier of Ontario, step aside from being premier in order to be the mayor of Toronto? I mean, that's just stupid talk. Subscribe today and always hear the latest episode of The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. I will confess, I did not make it to the end of the Super Bowl. S football isn't really my game anyway. I, the start and stop of, of football has always driven me crazy. And I get it because there are a lot of people listening right now. It's like, yeah, but you watch golf. Yes, I watch golf. I know for some people watching golf is like watching somebody dust. Um, but it's just more my, my thing. Football, not so much. 
Uh, so I have no special insight this morning except to say that it was a grand show. Watch the opening, watch the halftime show. I don't know why there is such upset and tumult today, but there's upset and tumult about everything these days, uh, about the fact that they sang the song, which is regarded as sort of the, the black national anthem at the opening. They've done it before. This is nothing new. It's a beautiful song. And frankly, what's why is that inappropriate? But America the Beautiful is like the, un, uh, the other unofficial anthem of America. It was a great opening to the show. Always love the jets flying overhead. And then the kickoff and then we have dinner. So um, I'm back after a week off, as you know, and my thanks to Jerry Agar for uh, sitting in this chair and hosting the show in my absence. I had a fantastic time. I was in San Diego, California, and it was just beautiful. Whenever you're in a place like that, you always wonder, why don't we all live here? Uh, why do I have to go back to Toronto where it's going to be really, really cold? Um, but as you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Toronto booster, always very happy citizen of this city. But wow, is San Diego ever nice. And uh, played some great golf, if I may say so myself. Um, also, how weird is it? Um, we go to San Diego, we go to a golf course, not necessarily randomly chosen, but I've never been there before. I'll probably never be there again. Uh, because we're three instead of four, they throw in uh, a spare person into our foursome. Turns out the guy is a member of my sister-in-law's golf club and a friend of my friend Andrew Carter in Montreal. And it was in the, about the third hole where he said, are you John Moore? I said, yeah. He said, I recognize your voice because he listens to the radio stuff that I still do in Montreal. So all the way to San Diego. And incidentally, we don't have to get into the fact that Air Canada failed to deliver my luggage for three days. We can, uh, you know, we can deal with that another day. Have we found Christian Luprecht again? No. Okay. Where are we going now? We're talking about the Super Bowl. Matt Mattinson joins us. National correspondent is uh, in Phoenix this morning to discuss the aftermath of the Super Bowl. And uh, listen, Matt, I, I claim no special knowledge, so I'll let you give the right spin and uh, description of everything that happened last night. Well, good morning. Sure. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're a fan of football, it was a fantastic game. And if you're a fan of either team, you were probably losing your minds because it was so close. But... Uh, Last night showed why these two teams were the best in the league. It came down to the wire, and Kansas City got their second Lombardi trophy in four years. And, I mean, what kind of characteristics do you take away from it? I mean, certainly the Chiefs came back from behind, so I, I think you're right. For there, There's something in this for fans of both teams, and there's plenty of uh, disappointment for fans of both teams as well. Yeah, you know, the Super Bowl is a roller coaster of emotion, more so if your team is actually playing in it. You know, both teams are thrilled to be a part of it. Fans are excited about it, but somebody's got to lose. You know, on the other side, anything can happen on any given Sunday. And, uh, you know, you could be hurting, and you saw Patrick Mahomes go down with uh, his ankle injury. But when all the marbles are on the line, you fight through it. And somehow Mahomes and the Chiefs showed up and, uh, and got it done. Okay, so do we tease anything out of this particular Super Bowl about the future of football? I mean, we're definitely in the post-Brady era. You know what? It, it, yeah, I, I'm glad you brought up Brady because now all of a sudden with Mahomes getting a second Super Bowl in four years, he's a young guy. And, and people are, uh, there's a little jibber-jabber going, well, if anyone's going to get more Super Bowls than Brady, maybe it's Mahomes. He's been there uh, 
three times now. Um, he's won it twice, and, it, and it's it's and he's and he's done it quickly too. So it's it's could he you know get his record? Who knows? It's it's still early on, but it's a good start for him, and the future looks pretty bright for him. It also looks bright for Jalen Hurts. I mean, Jalen Hurts on, for the Eagles played in his first. Super Bowl, and he looked like he played in five. He had a great game yesterday. So, I mean, that's if you're an Eagles fan, yeah, you're down about the the loss, but you you, you got to look at the future a little bit when you get a chance, and and it looks pretty good for them too. Thank you, sir. Good to have you this morning. Thank you for having me. That's uh, NBC News national correspondent Matt Mattinson on the Super Bowl. I yeah, I spent some time yesterday looking at Super Bowl ads and not a lot stood out for me, to be perfectly honest. It's almost like we've reached the point where a Super Bowl ad necessarily has to be clever, therefore they're all clever, and so there's not a heck of a lot of of takeaway. But one of the interesting things about Super Bowl ads also is I used to have to get up at like midnight and go through all of the ads so I was ready for the show the next morning. But then they suddenly realized, wait a second, people will, even before the Super Bowl, go online and watch commercials in, and, you know, it's a win-win for all of the products that are being advertised. And so, yeah, like I said, I don't know if you were taking a look at any of these, uh, Tony or Nick, but... um, I mean, I made a couple of notes about a couple of fun little spots, but it really didn't stand out to me anyway that there was anything absolutely earth-shattering. Well, the same here. And what's interesting or fascinating is when you uh, record a show on your PVR and you're usually fast-forwarding through the commercials, now we're just looking for the commercials. Yeah. Well, and we're still blacked out in Canada, aren't we, from the commercials? I mean, there's so many means by which you can consume these commercials anyway now. You can go to websites and also you can watch on American feed if you really, really want to. Um, But yeah, um, that's the end of my summary. Tony Chapman is going to join us a little later on to talk about what he thinks were some of the strikeouts and home runs. Although I guess I shouldn't be using baseball metaphors and talking about Super Bowl commercials. Um, One more day today of uh, Mayor Hazel McCallion lying in state at Mississauga City Hall. Her funeral will take place tomorrow and pretty well... Everything has a shadow cast upon it by everything that happened in our city on Friday night. John Tory making a visit yesterday to Hazel McCallion's uh, lying in state. He was supposed to speak at her funeral tomorrow, but he has withdrawn, saying he didn't want to be a distraction. Um, but he's very much a distraction, I'm sure, to pretty well everybody and through the weekend to everybody this morning. And I know it's been two days since John Tory said he was going to quit, but this is still a story worth unpacking, and we will continue to do so on our show this morning. That's The Breakfast Wrap. Thanks a lot for listening. My name is John Moore. I hope we'll talk again soon. You've been listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Don't forget to subscribe and get the latest episode from wherever you get your podcasts. And listen weekday mornings from 5 to 9 on News Talk 1010.